previously on Masks and Mayhem. Standing out there, kind of supervising you, you see she's a uh, rather average height, and she's wearing a very, almost bright, I would say, maroon leather jacket. But on her uh, hip, you can see a police badge. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, walk up to this uh, no-nonsense-looking police officer. She looks at you, and she recognizes you, and she reaches out her hand, and she goes, Mr. Ambassador, I'm Detective Zoe Shepard. Winslow reached out to me. He doesn't tend to go outside of his jurisdiction, but I can rally the right people to help out with situations like this. Shepard looks at you and goes, So I was told some kind of drugs? What's uh, What happened inside? Well, they're drugs that make you stronger, and one of them took them. So there was a little bit of a, a scuffle inside. Myra, you catch a brief glimpse of a tattoo, but you don't make out what it is. Ruby, you see very distinctly. It's like a diamond. It's cut in half, and one side is red, and the other side is black. I make a mental note of it. Bethany, what do you- that I run over to Bethany. She's not, like, gagged or anything, but she is tied up. Well, so what the hell happened? I thought I could help. I knew if I would have said something, you wouldn't have let me tag along. I just wanted to help. I just wanted to be a part of it, and I'm sorry that I made things worse. Myra, Lewis looks at you and says, I wanted to call you in this morning because I know you're going to hear about it sooner rather than later. They're reassigning Gemini to a West Coast base for a little while. Oh man, that's a bummer. of the game <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean by rules the general way in which we play this oh i thought this was like a specific thing like we fucked something up last time and you yeah, were like, like did we do something extremely wrong like that's not a criticism it's just been a it's been a month it's like like you did something wrong and your mom knows you did something wrong she's like is there anything you want to tell me <laughs> i think we do remember how to play yes i'm sorry to be your game mom apparently <laughs> i'm sorry is that not what GM stands for? Get away from me. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you're far away, but get farther. That was amazing. Good job, Rachel. Thanks. All right, cool. Guys, we're back for another game. Let's reintroduce ourselves. Hey, I am Dan Bell, and I play Yardak the Atlantean. I'm Rachel, and I play Ruby Lawson, who is a filmmaker with powers of illusion and generating things. I'm Sama. I play Myra Hassan, the speedster known as Hyperact. And I, uh, again, am your Game Master RC, here to lead us through a, a wonderful adventure, I'm sure, <laughs> that everyone will love and Elon Musk will not make an appearance on. It's a trip, but it's no gonna vacation. Everybody's going to have fun! Mandatory fun! <laughs> so yeah, we just finished up the Step Up arc. Uh, which ended up going for a bit longer than I expected, so I really hope people enjoyed uh, Hornet and the Blue Cross Gang. So we are officially stepping down. Yeah, this is the end. This is the this is the uh, the the step down arc. That's what this episode is called, the step down. They they actually don't fight any bad guys anymore. It's just going to be all about like dealing with like life, you know, <sighs> paying bills. God, something we never explained how Ruby does.
I mean, she has some money saved up. She's physically, re- like, responsible. Fiscally. Fiscally. God yeah. damn it. I did think you said physically. I was like, I mean, I guess. Sure. Myra. Yes. All right. So it is the next morning after the fight with the Blue Cross gang. It's a Saturday. Moments ago, you received a calm but curt call from Deputy Director Ramos asking you to come to Union Echo Base so he can speak to you. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So you just got off that call. What are you doing? How much time do I have? What time is it? What? Uh, It's Saturday morning. He just said, you know, as soon as you can. Let's say it's like 10 a.m. Okay. Is this the first thing that happened as soon as I woke up? Given that she was out late fighting gang members, how late do you think uh, Myra would have otherwise slept in if she wouldn't have gotten this uh, phone call? Uh, Did he wake her up, or or were you already up? He might have woken me up, but, I mean, it doesn't take me long to start functioning. Okay. So, let's say that I, like... I don't know, grab, like, a bagel and cream cheese for breakfast and then, like, attempt to go slow to get to headquarters. Because we know that my slow is not very slow. Fair. So, yeah, you arrive at Union Echo Base, you know, not too long after. Paul, the security guard, kind of just waves you through. And when he sees your badge, he recognizes you. And you make your way up to the second floor where Deputy Director Ramos' office is. And you, when you approach the door, it's closed. Um, I'm gonna give it a quick knock. Please come in. Okay, so Myra enters. You see Deputy Director Ramos. He's actually standing, looking out the giant glass, I, I, I would say window, but like, it's, it's pretty much the entire like, wall? outward facing wall, yeah, of, of his office is all one big window, and he's just kind of like, standing out, kind of overlooking the skyline. Okay. And he uh, has his arms behind his back, and he kind of looks over his shoulder at you and says, Hyperact, thank you for coming in on such short notice. Of course. Please, take a seat. Okay. I do wonder, is this a situation where you super speed to a seat, or do you just, like, walk like a normal human pace? I try to slow down in front of non-speedster people, because it tends to freak them out. Okay. Uh, So you have a seat, and as you're doing that, he turns around and also pulls his own seat out and sits down. And he starts putting his fingers together in front of his face, just kind of like looking at you for a moment. So, Miss Hassan, I heard about your exploits last night. Uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't, uh, like, stuff happened. (laughs) Went pretty well, from what I understand. Um... Yes, sir. I think we. I think the team has done a good job of working together to catch the bad guys. Yes, I did make a point to say that you know you were free to do as you please when you're not on union time. Um. Yes, sir. That's why I didn't want to bring it up myself. Well, congratulations on a job well done. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I would like a few more details. Are you able to tell me anything about, did you have a specific plan going in, or was it more spur of the moment? Originally, we did have a plan, but when we got there, uh, we had to improvise and act on impulse. So instead of attacking from different sides, we all just went through from the one main door. Ah, okay. You adapted to the moment. Yes, exactly. Excellent, excellent. Well, I wanted to call you in and congratulate you, and I... 
spoke with some members of the Riverside City Police Department, some contacts we have there to get some more you know details about the people that were arrested and the incident that occurred, the items that were confiscated. I feel that you did extremely good work, Miss Hassan. Oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know what to say. You think about what to say, but also what to say to this. I have a mission coming up, and I think I want you to run point on it. Uh, I would love to. Ramos clicks a few things on his computer that you can't really see, and he just kind of like reads some information and he just says, all right, one moment. And he types a few things. Hmm. Okay, I won't be able to give you too many details yet, but I will definitely be in contact and uh, reach out to you. You know, when, when the time comes, just continue on with your normal training until then and your normal work. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. There's n- absolutely nothing you can give me at the moment. Uh, roll persuasion. Ooh, 20, and then plus... You got a nat 20? Yes. Doesn't help on skill checks, but that it's gonna definitely going to give her a good roll. Persuasion is 7, so 27. He gets a little serious with you and says, Well, given that it will be your mission, I can, I can tell you a little bit. It's going to be uh, involving some escorting, uh, and it's going to be international. Ooh. And I'm also going to allow you some leeway of who to pick to bring along for your mission. Oh, I like this. As you say that, you see Ramos crack the slightest of only a few smiles you've ever seen him make. Ruby. Yes. Ruby, it's been a week since the deal went down. The next morning after the deal, Austin texted you. Uh, actually, he texted all of you in the group chat uh, the next morning to say that he was okay. And he really wanted to thank all of you for your help in keeping the North End safe. Okay, quick question before we continue with this. You just said it's been a week. So there, this is a time jump between Myra's scene and Ruby's scene. Correct. Her, her scene, hers is a week after the deal went down. Okay, because I just wanted to make sure that, like... Six days after Myra's scene. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that you were, like, time jumping here. I was going to say, I texted back, no problem, it's my home too, I need it to be safe as well. Alright. Uh, you haven't heard or, or seen him in, in the week since, though. Not, like, uh, not at the bar or anything like that? Either? Nope, you have not seen him at all since. Um, I'm going to text him, like, hey, just checking in, haven't seen you... Just want to make sure you're not being a moody vigilante again. (laughs) (laughs) At least when you send that, he doesn't respond. At that same time that you're texting him, Azra's actually visiting. Okay. Uh, Because earlier that day, you and Bethany were kind of putting the finishing touches on the black cat. Ooh, yay. And I, again, save every five goddamn minutes. Azra just kind of wanted to stop in for a moment and see, like, a couple of the final cuts, you know. Uh, she doesn't have time to watch the whole thing, but as you pull up the footage, her face just lights up. Wow, this is really happening. I'm so excited. I can't, like, ah, uh, this just feels so amazing to, like, finally be done. And Bethany kind of chimes in, like, and the fact that we shot it over such, like, a long period of time, too, and, like, it all looks consistent. It's wild. Ugh. Yeah, I, I'm so happy with how it turned out. And uh, Azra is kind of like, you know, looking really giddy and just kind of like, she actually just scrubs through the footage a little bit just to see like close from the different scenes. Ruby, tell me a bit about what she's seeing. Tell me like a little bit more about the black cat. 
Okay, I'm trying to remind myself about the Black Hat real quick. So it's a spy, uh, the spy it's a, movie is all we really came up with, right? Story of a, story of a girl who gets pulled into a spy life. Code name is the Black Cat, uh, and there's the only known scene is one that takes place in an alley fight. Okay, so uh, first she's looking at the alley scene that we filmed on the day I had to go and stop Emily. Correct. And then we see a scene with her infiltrating a fancy party. In a very slinky black gown that we had to film and make it look like there was a lot more people there than actually were. And we actually made it look pretty good. And so I'm very proud about it. Okay. And so she's a she's a guest, presumably, at the party in the scene. Yes. Okay. She's more like crashing the party. Fair. And this is more of a production question. Did you have to return the dress? Um, it's someone's prom dress that they had. Okay. Uh, any other really like cool scenes? Um, there's a scene where she finally is able, where she's finally able to defeat the person that had pulled her into this life of espionage. And as she's okay. returning to her normal life, there's a glimpse that she misses it so much. A really okay. cool shot of just her. Yeah, as you're doing that, like uh, Bethany's gotten kind of quiet, and Azra's like kind of like bouncing up and down, like, oh yeah. And uh, she goes to, like, pat uh, Bethany on the back, and Bethany actually, like, yells out and kind of, like, almost falls out of her chair. Uh-oh. Are you okay, Bethany? <sighs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I'll be right back. I just need to use the bathroom. And she just takes off, and you hear, like, the, uh, the sink start in the bathroom. And Azra looks at you. Is she okay? I, um, not sure. Can I, is she, like, can I, is she having a panic attack? You just know that she started kind of, like, breathing heavy and took off. If you want to, like, I guess roll insight. Okay. (laughs) Apparently, I know nothing about my friend. What'd you get? A three. (laughs) I rolled a three. Yeah, I mean, she looked, like, not well, but, like, you have never seen her kind of, like, do that before. Yeah, um, I am going to go knock on the bathroom door, and she's gonna go, like, knock, knock, hey, Bethany, is there anything you need? Uh, just, just give me a minute. Okay, no problem. And Azra kind of, like, is, like, putting her jacket back on and just kind of, like, wordlessly mouths to you, I'm gonna go. Okay. Um, I was I, that I'm mouthing. Okay. And she kind of just like gives you like a double thumbs up as she uh, and you guys were all in your bedroom looking at the footage, so she kind of just like makes her way out, and you hear the other door uh, close moments later. And I'm, hey Bethany, Azra took off uh, again. If there's anything you need, just let me know. I, I I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. And you uh, hear the sink turn off. And you actually hear her go out the other door into her bedroom. Okay. I'm going to send a text to Bethany like, hey, you seem like you want to be left alone for right now. But if you need anyone to talk to, I'm here. Are you trying to, like, persuade her or just... Oh, I sent her a text message. Can I be persuasive over a text message? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been in a group chat? Yeah, too many with, like, all of you people. Okay, 15 overall. She just texts back, can can you just come in here? 
And like, yeah, so I walk into the room. I I guess I put sure in the text message so she knows. And then I walk to the her bedroom. Okay. The doors, you, you go to turn the handle and it's like locked. And she just like, you hear her get up and like turn turn the lock uh, open. Oh, yeah. Hey, anything you need? And she opens the door up and she's kind of like wrapped in a blanket. Can you just sit with me for a little bit? Sure. And I, so I just go, and I guess I sit, I'm trying to remember what her bedroom looks like. When you first walk into her bedroom, there's, like, a giant dresser to the right of the door, and then, like, a giant, like, queen-size bed, and that's kind of, like, really all the things that she keeps in there. Like, you can see her laptop is, like, plugged in on the floor. Okay, so I'm just gonna go sit on the edge of her bed, then. She's just kind of, like, wrapped in a blanket, and she just goes, I keep, I just keep thinking about when they tied me up Ugh. and I, and I keep waking up at night worrying that it's going to happen again. I'm so sorry. The, I guess the movie didn't help with that. The movie was fine. I don't know. Just, I got, I suddenly just kind of got in my own head. And then when Azra touched me, it just really scared me. I don't, I don't, you know, it's nothing she did. Yeah. Her, no, I get it. There. Uh, no, that like, Anything happens to you, I'll like I'll come and I'll protect you. I I know Ruby. I can I can always count on you. I I'm sorry I forgot that for a little while. No problem. Can we can we just like go watch some Space Cadet or something? Yes, always. <laughs> and she she smiles ever so slightly. And I make sure I put on like a goofier episode of a Space Cadet series and not like anyone where anyone gets kidnapped. Okay, uh, tell me, actually, you know what? You kind of walked yourself into that one. Tell me about uh, which series this is and uh, what's the goofy plot of the episode. Okay, so I put on an episode of Space Cadet Nova. And in this episode, part of the crew gets, somehow gets transported into a weird board game that another character is playing. And for some reason, they have to play hopscotch through half of it. Hey, it's your third favorite Game Master, RC, here. Uh, you know what? That's okay. I will grow on you like a funny, adorable fungus. All right, I've gotten off track. Uh, so we're in the next arc. Uh, goodbye, step up. Hello upon both your houses. There's some really interesting stuff coming up in the pipeline. I hope you like it. But first, we are going to give our last shout-out to Meanwhile, the short film that is raising money on Indiegogo. When this episode goes out, they'll have just four days left in their campaign. So, if you want to support the story of David Rafferty and his best friend Brooke, and his webcomic character Mistress Mask, please go check them out. If you donate enough, you'll even get an actual 24-page graphic novel, which is really cool, right? So like, yeah, I won't be harping on it anymore, but if you enjoy our show, please consider going and donating even like a dollar. You can find them by going to the link on our website at masksandmayhem.com support. Um, boom. All right. Back to the game. Yardak. That's me. Three days after that conversation between Bethany and Ruby, uh, but ten days after the, the deal, the fight with the Blue Cross gang. Okay. Uh, what have you been up to in those 10 days? Okay, uh, after everything went down, I went to go see Winslow, and I just wanted to thank him again for helping us out when he didn't need to. And I let him know that if the police ever need our help with anything that might be a little uh, 
super, then they can call on us and hopefully we might be able to ask for a favor again in the future too, if Winslow feels up to it. Um, in an attempt to persuade the citizens to be more open-minded and not so fearful of people with powers, I have actually ended up once or twice going to the local aquarium and putting on not so much a, uh, court jester type performance but you know entertaining the kids with my with with my water tricks that's i love it that's adorable (laughs) i need fan art of it now (laughs) i'm imagining like you riding two dolphins like jet skis but (laughs) that's a lot i meant just like (laughs) some like water tricks and like you know like the touch tank and like bringing the creatures over okay okay nice uh all right well uh you're that gets a side job at sea world (laughs) <laughs> well, Detective Zoe Shepard actually reaches out to you. That she was the one who showed up and uh, you know helped you out and arrested those uh, mm-hmm. slam pack dealers. Slam packs. She's asking you to come speak with her at the police precinct downtown. Alrighty, so I'm gonna. Uh, that's that's far, right? We decided that that's a far distance. I mean, it depends on where you're at. From like where you live, decently. I mean, you live out in the bay. Okay. Have we discussed? Does um, the city have subway? Yeah, there's a subway system. So then I, I'm going to hop on. The- so wait, wait. Let me just let me just finish what I was saying though. Is that like you live out in the bay, and this is like kind of center city downtown, like the the main, like enough to be a hassle. Yeah, from where you live. Yeah, like you can't swim that close to it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to hop on the subway and make my way to Detective Shepard to have this little talk. Okay, you arrive at a uh, Riverside City Police Precinct Number One. And uh, when you arrive, uh, you there's a little like little receptionist lady, uh, and she's got like these little square glasses and uh, big old curly hair. Her name is Tina. Her name is Tina. What are you in for today, dearie? <laughs> Christ, I got a phone call from Detective Shepard that she wanted to have a word, so I was uh, popping in to see her. And she checks a couple things on the computer. She reaches up and adjusts her glasses and looks close to the screen. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You have you have an appointment here, I see. She'll be right in the detective's area. You can follow the signage to it. Okay. And also, I'm picturing uh, Roz from Monsters, Inc., but, like, a little nicer. <laughs> you know. Okay, so I make my way uh, down the hallway and uh, go to find Detective Shepard. And when you arrive in the detective's area, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, there's one guy who looks like a stereotypical detective. Like, he's got the trench coat on and... Oh, God. Try hard. The the, the rest of them are just kind of, like, working at their desks. There's one who definitely looks like Terry Crews. Yes. Uh, And then you can see a door with the name Detective Shepard on it. So I'm going to walk over to her door and give it a quick uh, knock or two. You hear someone get up from a desk, and she opens the door and uh, sees you and goes, Ah, yes, Yardak, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Oh, no problem at all, Shepard. Uh, what did you need? Yeah, it's about those guys that uh, that we brought in over on the north end the other night. Yeah, have you uh, gotten any uh, extra information out of them? I mean, that's the weird thing. I really can't go into too many details, but they're just weird, and I want to know if you knew anything about them, maybe. About the drugs or the people? Sorry, sorry, you know what? I need to rephrase this. Um, specifically talking about the three guys in the car, who the dealers. Was there something weird about them? Not that you're aware of, that that's... Oh, okay, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I don't remember that. 
It was two two big bodyguard dudes and the kind of smarmy dealer guy. Yeah, the one in the back. Yeah, it's just the uh, the actual the dealers. Uh, it's just really weird. I can't go into a lot of details. I just want to know if you knew anything about them that you might be able to tell me. I don't particularly know anything uh, that I can think of, but I mean, maybe as you could jog my memory, maybe give me a little crumb to go off of. Roll persuasion. It's a not nat twenty. All right, I guess you know you help bring them in, so I can. They're just uh, they're not in the system, you know. For two guys dealing new drugs, nothing. Uh, I, I'll say the names they gave me, the fingerprints, nothing in our system. Oh, not even uh, petty crimes or anything. Nothing, nothing international. Nothing. Uh, you know, we tried FBI databases, and this. You know, at first we thought maybe they're you know they were just giving us uh, fake names, but. We can't find any trace of these guys existing. Oh, not even just criminal records, just existing in general. Pretty much, yeah. Hmm. They had IDs, and none of them showed that like they were fake, but just... Gotcha. I mean, uh, that makes me believe that this hunch that I've had about these drugs might be correct. What, what's your hunch? There was a party that I went to uh, with a colleague of mine that we... Met a man named Tristan Wagner and his associate. Her name was Adrian Hughes, and Adrian Hughes also had these drugs. And she got herself some powers, and we ended up having a big fight. And my colleague got injured, and it was a whole big thing. I know the name Wagner and Hughes. Was this in Riverside? No, this was uh, down in Virginia. It was uh, definitely out of your jurisdiction, but it may have hit the news. It was a big public fight. Oh, okay. I I, I remember hearing something about. Hughes, she's a big deal, uh, getting arrested or whatever and then getting out, but didn't know anything about all that. Uh, but you're saying that there was there was drugs involved, kind of like these? So my hunch is that Tristan Wagner is the one that's manufacturing these pills, uh, specifically through a company known as Red Crystal International. Uh, we had a couple issues there uh, previously, and it's just kind of a generally uh, not-on-the-level company, and... I feel like the key player here is Tristan Wagner. And with somebody with his contacts and his money, he could easily have people pushing these drugs that are invisible. Huh. I see where you're coming from. That's, uh... But it's completely unsubstantiated at this point. It's just uh, quite the hunch that I'm going off of. Yeah, it's a hefty claim, but I'll uh, look into that. I appreciate it. Yeah. What about this? And she pulls up a picture that she has printed out and it's of a forearm and it has a picture of a diamond shape that is black on the bottom and red on the top that's the rci logo right no actually rci doesn't even have a logo it's just red crystal international oh then why does that sound so familiar i know that the last time i mentioned it you did say like you're like red crystal oh maybe that's why um so that i've seen it where have i seen it uh you've also seen it on hugh's arm Okay, but six times like I I know that that's in my brain. It's a thing I know. Um, yeah. So is this Adrian Hughes' arm that I'm seeing? Like, can I tell if it's like a woman or a man's arm? No, no, no sorry. It's uh, it's very clearly a man's arm. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, then that's definitely connected. Uh, Adrian Hughes has that same tattoo. All right. This was on the uh, the smarmy guy that was doing the dealing. Oh, then yeah, they're definitely connected. Uh, uh, we have to get to the bottom of this. All right. I'll make some notes. So wait, who had Hughes in custody then? Unfortunately, we, uh, myself and my partners, and we all work for this, not a corporation. 
paramilitary organization. I don't think we work for union. <laughs> yes, I will repeat that again, that you do not work for union. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. It's not my fault you can't remember anything about your own damn character. <laughs> you are loosely affiliated with union. All right. Okay. So. Say, like, yeah, say we, we handed it over to union, but they had to let her go. Okay. Unfortunately, she was in custody. We handed her over to Union. Uh, it's a paramilitary organization, and with n- not enough to concretely hold her, she threatened lawsuits, and money was thrown around, and she actually was released. All right, I'll. Uh, we're gonna have to tread lightly here, but this is some big stuff. Definitely, especially as Adrian, when she takes the pills, gets telekinesis. So that's, she can just pretty much do whatever she wants to, and you wouldn't even know that it's happening until she wants it to. Oh, I'm really glad I called you down here today. Yes? Oh, great. I was dealing with drug dealers. Now I'm dealing with billionaire supervillains. My day's going great. Just another day in Riverside City, huh? Well, you know, you're a hell of a lot nicer than the last mask I worked with. Oh, last mask? Yeah, yeah. It's a long story. Uh, I, uh, can I try to persuade her? All right. What do you say? Okay. Um, I mean, long stories are okay. I, I'm sorry. I was gonna be, it would be hilarious if it turned out to be Austin. Yeah. And now uh, he's a little too, I'm, I'm a solo angsty man. Listen to my man pain. Okay. I'm going to say long stories are okay. I mean, I have time. I mean, I don't need details or anything, but you know, it'd be nice to know another mask and uh, see, I mean, maybe we might be able to help each other out. The more people on the good side, the better. She kind of leans and looks out the door to the rest of the detectives, and she uh, gets up and she closes it and sits back down. I lean in closer. All right, he's been off the grid for a little bit. His name's Arbalist. You mentioned Union. He's worked with them a few times. Ooh. Long story short... Oh, man, there's not a You know what? I am going to try to make this. It's not my story to tell. He's from the future? Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and he uses a wrist-mounted crossbow. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, he's he's been off the grid for a little bit, um, but he would always kind of show up and, you know, I'd help him out with some things, and he's gotten me out of a couple tight binds, but guy is a bit of an asshole. Yeah, I've met a couple of those so far in my uh, dealings up here on dry land. I bet. I appreciate you coming in today, Yarak. Definitely. Uh 100% keep in touch. Uh, I feel like we could really help each other out here and hopefully get these drugs off the streets and get these people to stop manufacturing them. All right. And she extends her hand to you. I give her a solid shake up and down. Myra, it's been another week after that. So it's February now, actually. And the snow seems like it's ready to leave and for spring to be not too far off. And you're at home on a Sunday evening. So what are you up to? Um, probably reading a book. Okay, what kind of book? Um, most likely it's a fantasy fiction. Okay, so Myra really likes, like, uh, fantasy stories? Mm-hmm. She likes to use her imagination. Okay. Do you, did she always have an interest in that, or was that something that happened more after she got the powers? Uh, she picked up on it after she got the powers. Okay, okay. Um... Hmm, I'd, I'd be interested to see like a, a chart of uh, popularity of fantasy fiction among people who are fantasy fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she got way more into reading about it and getting inspired with the possibilities. 
All right. So it's a Sunday evening. We're talking like close to eight. Parents are out of the house. Mo is sleeping. You know, he'll be getting up in a little while to go to work. Mm-hmm. So when you're reading the book, where are you in the house? Um, yeah, I was imagining myself like on the couch in the living room. Okay. Your sister Hazima walks up. Hey, Myra, do you have a couple minutes? Uh, sure. What's up? So, you know, you know, dad's been working a lot lately. Yeah. I heard him and mom talking this morning. Uh, you know, everyone else was asleep and, and I guess they didn't realize I was up either. But, uh, Armate, the company he works for, they, they, uh, they're talking about offering him a new job and he might, he's, him and mom are talking about moving. Wow. That's, that's big news. We're not supposed to know. I mean, I don't know if he's taken it yet, but like. I don't know. I started looking into it because uh, I heard him talking about California and stuff. So, I mean, I started looking at my options maybe to, to transfer. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess I, I mean, I guess I could stay here in Riverside. I don't know yet, but I just kind of wanted to talk with you about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the West Coast seems exciting, but it's a big move. Yeah. And like. You know, I know Mo is really, you know, dedicated to his job, and I don't know, maybe he could transfer. I, I doubt it, though. Like, you know, he's he seems pretty well set in his routine, but, like, I don't know. I was just, like I said, if I decide to stay, I don't know if I'll get an apartment or, or what we're going to do, but I just, I, I know that you really love Riverside, you know, with all your extracurricular activities that you might want to stay, too. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Dad's been kicking ass at his job, but, like, you know, I don't really feel like I need to move on the whims of a defense contractor. Oh, is that what he's supposed to be? <laughs> I decided that you never gave me any details. That's, uh, that's what, what he does. Yeah, no, I like I like that. Wait, so what was the... Was... Basically doesn't like the idea that it'll be determined for her. It kind of sucks that, like, this kind of decision will have to come out of nowhere, but change happens for a reason. <laughs> They didn't seem set on it, but they were talking housing prices, so I feel like he's... Oh, that's serious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Do you think you'll, like, try to stay in Riverside? I don't know. I mean, I really like Riverside, and I've made a bunch of friends here, but... I I don't know. I kind of also like traveling and exploring new cities. I might want to leave. Okay, I just don't know, you know, if, uh... Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to talk with you about it. And she's like, you know, a little happy about the idea that, you know, you might come with or, you know, everything. But she's, uh, at least she looks a little less nervous than when you started the conversation. Okay. And right as that conversation's ending, though, your phone starts ringing and it's Ramos. Um, hello? Hello, Mrs. San. Do you have a moment? Uh, yes, sir. All right. Well, Hyperact, I think we're ready to start moving on that mission. I just wanted to see who you had chosen for the mission. I believe we're getting ready to roll on uh, giving you more details and moving out. We do want to try and keep it a smaller mission. Stealth is of the essence, so we want to keep it to, I would say, you can pick two or three max. Um, I know just the people. Uh, one of them I haven't been able to speak to because she's not around. I was hoping that you would be able to do that for me. Um, Gemini, if she's not in the middle of a mission? Yes, I can reach out to Alpha Base and see what's going on uh, with Gemini if she's available for such a mission. Um, and I know just the perfect other two, Ruby Lawson and Yardak. 
Okay, have you had a chance to speak with them uh, about the potential for the mission? Um, not yet. I was hoping to uh, get some more details before I talked about it. Okay. Well, we are hoping to get moving ASAP, so if you can reach out to them tonight, I'd like to try to have you at the base at 0900 Sharp tomorrow. Okay, will do, sir. All right, I'll see you then, Hyperact. This week's Intel Drop is brought to you by Pope Brendan Brownson. Not every post-human is drawn into fighting crime. Everyone wants to be somewhere else sometimes, though. Joshua Burke found out he can always be somewhere else. As an art student in college suffering from wanderlust, he would think about where he would want to go when he finally graduated. One day, angry at feeling stuck and staring at a photo of the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, the young man found himself standing in front of it. He had teleported there. Panicking after he realized he wasn't dreaming, he suddenly found himself back in his dorm room. Soon after testing the ability, he found a way to even incorporate it into his art. When Burke teleports, he found he is actually switching places with the space he is moving into. For example, moving into a block of marble leaves him with a perfectly formed statue of himself. Of course, when you have post-human abilities, you can find yourself crossing paths with others. This intel drop was brought to you by Pope Brandon Brownson. Looking for someone on YouTube to make you laugh, plus someone who creates original music and cool remixes? Well, the Pope of the Internet has you covered. You can find a link to their channel at masksandmayhem.com support. Now, let's get back to the game. Okay, calling Ruby. Uh, hello? Hey, Ruby. Um, I'm going to three-way Yardak real quick. Okay. Okay, calling Yardak. Doon, doon, doon. <laughs> hello? Yardak, I'm going to beep you into a three-way call with Ruby. Okay, sure, go ahead. Okay, well, we are all connected. Hey, guys, I have something to tell you. Okay. Yeah, what's up? Director Ramos put me in charge of a mission. I don't have many details about it yet, but he is letting me pick a small team of people to join me, and I was hoping that you both would be interested. Oh, yeah, for sure. Totally. He wants us to be at the base at 0900 Sharp, which I hope one of you know what time it is, because I don't. Is it just 9 o'clock? <laughs> no, there's no way that, that Myra, having worked for Union for 8, 9 months, doesn't know that. That is 9 a.m. Okay, never mind. Forget that I said that. Yikes. It wasn't even, like, a time past 12. Yeah. If it was a time past 12, I could give it to you, but no. He wants us to be at the base at 9 o'clock. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, sure, that works. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume I'm at home. Do you know this is the multi-day thing? I think it might be because I believe he mentioned something about international. Okay, one <laughs> moment. I'm going to tell Bethany, of like, hey, there's like a superhero thing coming up. And I might have to, um, you know, go do superhero things tomorrow morning. And I'm not sure how long it will last. And Bethany kind of chimes in. They give you heads up on that now? Yeah, it's, that's so helpful, right? <laughs> yeah. And then she just uh, goes back to being on her phone. Okay. Yardak, do you maybe need to tell people anything? I don't know. I guess you're on your own. Yeah, right? I'm on my own up here, so I'm ready to go whenever you guys are. Um, I guess I'll meet you guys at the base. Sounds good. I guess I should bring, like, some clothes or something? Yeah, probably maybe pack for for a couple, at least a couple days. Okay. I mean, wait, does Ruby have to pack clothes? That seems... I don't know. That's true. I could just make clothes, but... 
Oh yeah, no need to pack. We have. I don't, I don't know how fashionable what the clothes Ruby makes are. That's fair. She might also. I don't know. Can she make like toothpaste? <laughs> no, she cannot. I can tell you that part for sure. Okay. Just generate everything you'd need. All we need is a toothbrush and some toothpaste, and we're good to go. Uh, I'm gonna pack because I'm not. I haven't completely started making everything. I, I guess I'll see you soon. Okay. See you then. You all arrive, presumably on time, to Union Echo Base. Yes. Mm-hmm. I guess Agent I Lewis. just drive my van down there. Yeah, are you gonna leave the van? Are you gonna leave the van at home, or are you gonna bring the van with you? Going to have Bethany drive me. That way, Bethany can use the van if she needs to while I'm gone. Oh, sweet. Thanks, Ruby. No problem. All right. So yeah, she drops you off, and when you all come inside, Agent Kevin Lewis is waiting inside for you. That's my guy. And he's kind of smiling at all of you. All right, guys. Big day. Um, I guess. What's going on? <laughs> Come on upstairs. We'll go over it. Okay. Lead the way, Lewis. And Lewis leads you up to the conference room on the second floor near the bullpen. And when you go inside, you see Ramos looking at a tablet sitting on a conference table. And a chair swings around. And Gemini's there. Oh my goodness. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Gemini! <laughs> And she immediately runs up and, like, glomp hugs all three of you at once. Yay! Relishing in this moment. (laughs) Hey, guys. uh, They called me late last night, and they got me on a plane here. And I probably should have gotten some sleep, but instead I drank a bunch of coffee. Hi! (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Don't touch me, just just in case. That'd probably make it worse. (laughs) Well, I mean, she did technically already touch you, but she didn't take the power. Right, yeah. None of you felt the familiar tingle of uh, power gain. Okay. And uh, Agent Kevin Lewis is smiling, but uh, Ramos, as always, is trying to keep a stern face. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, if you could all take a seat, please. Plops down. Yes, we, we all sit. All right, and he taps a couple things on his tablet, and on the big conference room screen, uh, a map shows up uh, showing a small island. The image is a little staticky. Grainy? Uh, yes. So I'm sure, given the limited detail she had, Myra told you we are looking at a potential international mission. Mm-hmm. And moments later, Sloane Matthews, Dr. Alvarado's assistant, runs in. Sorry, sorry, I'm late. I'm here. Sorry, guys. Dr. Alvarado did not leave, right? When everyone Correct. else did. Okay. You haven't seen her in a while, but it's, you know she did not officially leave as far as you're aware. He sits down, and Ramos kind of, like, gives him a dirty look. Like, how dare you be late to my meeting? Yeah, he better get yelled at. Later. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Matthews. I'm enjoying other people get in trouble. And he points back to the image on the screen. This is a small, unclaimed island off the coast of Australia. Oh. Are we going to claim it? I feel like there's UN things that would stop that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's not claimed. There's, I don't know. No, Mr. Yardak, that is not the intention here. We believe someone else already has. Ooh. Gasp. We had a contact in the Australian government reach out to us. A Mr. Bernard Allen. (gasps) My boy. (laughs) He reached out to us to inform us he handles shipping and trade information through a number of ports in Australia. 
and he noted some unusual shipments going in and out and sent us the info, and we were able to get a brief satellite image of this area. We had to reconfigure a number of times to get anything. Uh, there appears to be some kind of communications blackout in the area. Haven't been able to use radar, haven't been able to use much satellites other than this one image. Ooh. Interesting. Any clues? Well, according to Mr. Allen, based on some of the shipping information he was able to glean, we have reason to believe this involves biological weapons. Oh no. Oh shit. And that is why we have asked Mr. Matthews to come in, as he is one of our foremost experts on biological weapons and has some field experience training. Ah, he'll be joining us? Yes, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to escort Mr. Matthews. Does he actually say that? Uh, Ruby just makes a face, what? Like... Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to escort Dr. Matthews to the island, get us a readout on the area... And if there are any weapons, to discover them and attempt to neutralize them. Okay, I accept the mission, but I have to address the elephant in the room. Did you just make a Charlie's Angels reference? Yeah. Do I look like a little voice box to you, Miss Lawson? Uh, Seeing as how this is a podcast, yes. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm just not used to not being the one making weird pop culture references. You will be taking a small vulture aircraft capable of handling the five of you. I'm going to set Gemini up as pilot for this mission. She will drop the four of you off uh, off the coast of the island on another smaller island, and you will make your way from there. I will, will be providing you with a small boat, as well as some supplies. I volunteer to swim underwater and see if there's anything I might find on the way to the island. Like, from the little island over to the big island. Well, I believe you can discuss that on the way there, but do remember, Hyperact, you are leading this mission. Yes, sir. We will be having Gemini drop you off and maintaining a safe distance for pickup. Do note that, as far as we can tell, we'll be sending you with some comm systems, but we're not sure of the distance and range they will work at, and we will not be able to contact you once you are within range of the island. Okay. So you are, in a way, going to be on your own? And hopefully the information that Mr. Allen has provided will set us on the right track. All right. So you're all in? Yes. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Gemini's jumping up and down, but she's like, hell yeah. (laughs) Dr. Matthews looks up from his notes and says, all of them have field experience now, right? Yeah. Cool. I'm in. I just picture Gemini as the human personification of cold brew. Cold brew and, like, uh, 2010 Tumblr. <laughs> well, team, in that case, I want wheels up in one hour. Aye, aye. And I give him a, a, a not-quite-smart-Alex salute. Aye, aye, Captain. Also, you should head to engineering. There's a treat waiting for you. I love treats. Music to my ears. Now what do you guys do? Go to engineering. Yeah. You all head over to the elevator. Myra's able to let, let you all in, and Gemini is, like, still kind of bouncing up and down a little bit. How much did you have again? Way too much. <laughs> oh my god. I am going to be sleeping on the vulture for sure. You're flying. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, autopilot can do part of it, at least. Hopefully. <laughs> I want you to know, Ruby's laughter is in character. Like... <laughs> And then Sloan looks at you and goes, okay, I'm going to head over to medical and uh, get some supplies together. Can I just meet you guys back here when you're done? 
Yeah, sure. Shouldn't take us too okay. long. Sure. Shouldn't take us too long. Hopefully. Cool, cool. All right. I'm uh, excited to be working with you. Likewise. Okay. Uh, when you guys take the elevator into engineering, uh, the doors to the elevator open up, and a uh, face pops up. It's uh, Union Engineer Jeremy Price, uh, and he puts down the tool he was working with uh, and briefly runs his hand through his silver hair. Ah, yes. Glad that you all are, are here. I have a gift for you. Well, I shouldn't say that I do. He reaches into a cabinet and hands you each uh, a small black bag. Hmm. Mysterious. Not quite a duffel bag. Smaller than a duffel bag. Small backpack? Small backpack, yeah. Okay. When you open them up, there uh, are some clothes inside of it, and Myra, in yours, there is a note. Um, I open it. It's from Frank. Oh. Yay! My heart. All right, there you go. It says, Hey, kid. Ramos gave me the lowdown on the mission. Glad to hear you're getting in charge. These are some stealth suits. We'll help you blend in the dark and help hide heat signatures. Not sure exactly what you'll be up against. Hope this helps. Best, Frank Dunlap, Union Head Engineer. Aww. Frankie. I'm really excited about new suits. Uh, yeah, so when you open up the, the backpacks, they are pretty much, uh, black and dark gray versions of your normal suits. So in the case of you, Myra, uh, it's basically the Hyperact suit, except that it, uh, like, except the only thing that is not black is your lightning bolt, which is, like, a very, very dark, dark teal. Ooh, okay. Sleek, I like it. Ruby? Uh, since you normally, uh, since you don't have, like, a superhero outfit per se, it's basically, like, kind of like the tights and, uh, dress you wear, except it's a little more, like, sleek and form-fitting. Okay. But still mobile. Does it have a mask, too, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah, except instead of a galaxy print, it's just, like, a dark black print. Okay. Uh, but you can see some, like, tiny, uh, tiny little stars in it, like, very subtle. Yeah. Uh, and then Yardak, yeah, instead of your normal, like, uh, gold, gold and green, right? Is that what your colors are? Uh, yeah, like a, like a, not like crazy gold, but like a more muted. Yeah. Instead of your muted gold and green, it's, it's black and gray, but in the same pattern as your Atlantean uniform. Okay, okay. You look over and Gemini is, is like just quickly changing. Now she has like, she normally is wearing like a jumpsuit and underneath she's wearing just like regular clothes and she's just throwing on this jumpsuit over it. And instead of wearing like gray and blue and purple, it's just black and gray, but it's just like a jumpsuit and it still has all the, she has like tons of front pockets to keep things in. Pockets. So many pockets. And Price actually throws an extra bag to Gemini. That one's for Sloan. Tell the little punk not to mess anything up. <laughs> wow. Okay. Some really weird feel. tension here. And uh, Price looks at you all and says, I know a little bit about your mission, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. But you should head back upstairs soon. I know that uh, Ramos wants you heading out. Okay. Alrighty. Do you have back, back upstairs? upstairs? Yes. Yeah. yeah. want to give him a thank you for uh, all, all your these... Slick threads. To Price? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yardak's going to give a very awkward fist bump to Price and thank him for these, quote, slick threads. And Price, as a man in his 50s, awkwardly fist bumps you back. Yeah. So you're down with the kids, Yardak? Hell yeah. You see me at the aquarium? They call me Cobra Bubbles. 
Yeah, that actually did make like some local news blogs and stuff. That's right. And so uh, when you head back upstairs and you get back into the bullpen, Sloan is just coming out and he has a uh, small backpack as well with supplies in it. And Gemini tosses the backpack with his suit at him and he catches it with a bit of a huh because she tossed it like a little hard. Oh, oh, uh, Miss Lawson. Yes. Uh, Ramos told me to talk to you. Uh, since we're going to be out in the field, uh, we don't really have a code name for you. Right. So we kind of want to get that uh, together. Do you have anything I can put in now, or do you want to think about it still? Uh, I thought of one. It's a bit of a pun. Is that okay? I mean, with me, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Visual aid? All right, yeah, it works for me. And uh, he has a small tablet, and he types He types into that visual aid. Sloan finishes typing that in his tablet and stows it in his supply bag. And he says, all right, I just need to go change into this real quick, and we can head out. All righty. Great. Alrighty. Wait on you, Sloaney. And he runs off to go do that. What are you guys thinking about? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm going to also change into my new slick threads. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you head off to the bathroom. Ruby just generates changing. <laughs> I just generate a box. Around- I was joking, but I can do it. Yeah. The yeah. Ba- if the bathroom is taken, I just generate a box around me, change, and box goes away. And I'm just a blur, so it doesn't matter where I change. She just, you know, Wonder Woman spins real quick. Yes. Yes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you all get changed, and as you're finishing up, Sloan comes on out. All right. Just got a notification, guys. The. Uh, Helipad has a vulture prepped and waiting for us to go. Hyperact, you're in charge. Let's do it. Chapter 16. On Both Your Houses. Masks and Mayhem uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. The show is written, produced, and given point position by myself, R.C. Byler. You can follow us for free forever on all major podcast platforms. If you like what we do, please leave us a review on Podcast Republic. It helps more people find us, and maybe we'll even read your review in a later episode. This week's episode was brought to you by, meanwhile, the movie and comic collaboration, as well as Pope Brandon Brownson. Follow us on Facebook at MayhemCast. If you leave us some feedback using the MayhemCast hashtag, you might even show up as an NPC in a future arc. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. 